Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. Everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute with one of my best friends in the world. I, I feel like we grew up together from from like the age of zero. Uh, we met uh, years ago on my bus. He walked on. I was playing my song, You Don't Know a Thing. And he started making these grunting noises, getting into it. And from there, we have been inseparable. Everybody from the King of Queens, Mall Cop, Mall Cop 1, Mall Cop 2, here comes the boom, uh, Fargo, an incredible role on Fargo, and now co-star on Kevin Can Wait, everybody, the fabulous Gary Valentine. Hello, GV. What's up, Stevie? How are you? How was Hello, that? Everybody. That was good, huh? Um, I'll tell you what, that was probably the best intro I've ever gotten. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. I'm sort of take, you know put me in your pocket. I can honestly say we are about the best of friends. Absolutely. And this happened later in life, right? I mean, this is about, I would say, 10 years ago now? Yeah, because it was at the Monday after the Masters. It's funny, I was talking to Corey Miller uh, recently, and we were talking about meeting at the Monday after the Masters, and you and I were there, and uh, it was right before I went on tour with Bob Seger. So, yeah, it would have been 06, the spring of 06. So, hey, it feels like it feels like forever, though, you know? Even though you call yourself number seven... You're number one, baby. Oh, did I hear the girls? Hey, number seven. That's a long story yeah. that we'll probably... I actually had that on my list to talk about. That was like a whole segment, uh, how I was like ruled out of the wedding plans. Uh, well, let's keep it. Yeah, we'll keep it for later. We'll save it for later. Okay, all right. That's yeah. uh, keep, keep everybody interested. Okay, so I hear the girls in the background. What's going on there? Yeah, I got to get them put away. We have two beautiful Labrador Retrievers, and they, uh, they get a little rambunctious in the afternoon. Are you want to get them put away now, or you want to wait and, uh, yeah. and just... Think, okay. Uh, We'll take a break. Okay, we'll part Gary Valentine right now on the hit CBS smash comedy, number one comedy on CBS right now, is putting away his baby girls, uh, Labrador Retrievers, who were in his Christmas movies. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, Dusty is the chocolate lab. She's eight years old. I had her, uh, I rescued her from one of the malls in L.A. Uh, It's not a real rescue, but I rescued her from the mall because I walked in there and I wanted to three-month-old chocolate female is very specific. Yeah. And they had one, and they were sending her to a shelter the next day. Wow. So it was meant to be. I said, come on. And they called her Lab. So we, me and Lab played for, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and, uh, with the ball, and it was pure love. She was in uh, Christmas Dog, right? Or uh, no? Well, no. Well, Evie, 
Evie was. Lab. She yeah. was my co-star in um, The Dog That Saved Christmas Eve. The Dog That Saved Christmas uh, Right, right. Yeah, a bunch of uh, TV movies that I did with, uh, they're kind of like a Home Alone premise, but a dog saves the day. And I played a dad to uh, to my my kid. Uh, I brought I brought home this Christmas Eve dog, and her name's Eve. And we I love uh, it. we rescued her from the movie right after it was done. Yeah, I think I told you that maybe it'd be a good idea to quit filming movies with dogs. You're going to have a farm at the house. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I'm glad I don't do any giraffe movies. No, you know? <laughs> I don't have the room. I love it. Giraffes would not be. Giraffes would be. A, yeah. No. No. I get it. I get t- very yeah, tall yeah. ceilings. It would take. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So Gary. Gar- Gary grew up in New York. Uh, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to your baseball days. I want to talk about you growing up because I feel like sports, uh, for me and for so many of us, uh, it's how we met. You know, playing golf and 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 just our memories of trying to be an athlete growing up. But you actually had a really successful baseball career growing up, and and I want to l- sort of. It sort of help it lead to where where you are now because I think it had a lot to do with your fight and your moxie and 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 learning about life through sports. So take us back yeah. to high school and your and baseball and into college. Yeah, you know it's unbelievable. I was um, way back. My my dad put me in little league uh, at age six with all the seven and eight year olds. So I was always a year behind, but. I was a good little player, and I was making all the all-star teams. I played 30 years, and I made 30 all-star teams. Wow. From Little League through high school through college, and then I played in the semi-pro league here on Long Island uh, till I was uh, 30. Or, wow. No, I was 37. Anyway, love, just love the game, love it, and we get to spend our time now with the great Reggie Smith and Brett Saberhagen. Oh, incredible. The world, and that's, that's the beauty about the golf tournaments, right, Steve? What we get to meet these pure athletes you know uh trust me i'm doing what i'm meant to be doing absolutely and you are too you have that that talent you know hey look I, I would have been on the dl probably a week into uh pro ball you know injured my arm in college and then um you know got some looks but uh i was 22 years old you know you got to be 14 15 years old i was i was too old and i and obviously you know being a strapping five foot seven, yeah, every bit of pounds, right? I <laughs> right. mean, uh, no, no, that's no. what they're looking for. That's what no. they're looking for—the Altuvis of the world, you know. Right, 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 right. I know, I know everything. Everybody, he, everybody's he supersized now. It can be done. Yeah, right. I mean, Jose Altuve is just the the epitome of the whole thing because he he's just a, one of the best players in pro ball now, and he's five foot six. Yeah, I know. I know it's an unusual thing to see because everybody's so mammoth now. Every sport. I mean, everybody's getting exactly. stronger. Golf, we're seeing it on the golf course. You're seeing big six foot three, four, you know, six two. Just really, everybody's in great shape. They're working out. You, you know, you never can let anybody tell you that a pro golfer is not an athlete. These guys. No, no, they're We've great been around them enough. Yeah. We've played rounds of golf with them, lucky enough, and it's really something to see. I mean, it's just, just the, the stamina it takes to walk four rounds of golf yeah you know five no. rounds of golf i'm the worst i'm the worst right. I'm, I'm complaining and and griping i mean oh after day God. two i can't feel my body i mean it's no. they're, they're long days i mean they're out there for five and a half hours i mean it's a you know it's a lot to get ready for yeah and and i love the creativity they have like when you and i were in the bob hope and we were playing with bubba watson just to watch his eyes look like a hundred yards right and say how he was gonna make this ball move right to left and i was going like well you're yeah. looking a hundred yards right right now and and what how he was, saying, what, 
Remember, yeah. we looked at each other. We said, "What the hell is he doing?" What is he? Yeah, well, yeah. Bubba, the hole's over here. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubba, you're sideways. You're turned sideways. But it worked, man. It's just amazing. Just the talent yeah. to pull that off. Okay, so the flexibility I'm flexibility talking... and the strength. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which is you and I. You know, you're a very flexible guy. I'm very flexible. Not really. Uh, I, I can't. You know, I work on touching my toes these days. It's hard. You know, it's hard. Yeah, I'm, I work on touching my knees. These days. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't get down to the shins anymore. <laughs> no, no, that's but, uh, all right. That's all right. Back issues. Well, I know. I know. No, we have them. I'm talking to the great Gary Valentine right now. You guys have a hit TV show. Uh, you and your brother Kevin, uh, Kevin James, and Gary Valentine. Yes, they are. They are from the same uh, same stock. Uh, the name Gary Valentine, it'd be nice to tell everybody where Valentine and where James came from. Yeah, you know, uh, our real last name was uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So that was taken. <laughs> and um, So we, uh, <laughs> no, I, our last name is too hard to say and spell, but I went through hell going through school, you know, everybody messing up the name. and Yeah, they wanted to add but, a K, um, right. You know, Valentine was my dad's middle name. So I kind of thought that was kind of a catchy name. Like when you start out in stand-up, you want people to remember you. Right. If they don't remember your act, they want you to remember your, your name and your act. But, you know, at least your name. I took Valentine, and Kevin uh, had a buddy that was, his name was James Robinson. And uh, I think he was a uh, martial art instructor, friend of his. And he just, he just ended up taking that, that name. So that's, that's how they stuck. And, and the rest the, uh, is history. I love the name Valentine. I mean, come on. You can't, you know, Michigan State had a really great basketball player a few years ago. Izzo had uh, Valentine. I said, I always obviously think of you, you know, and, uh, and oh, yeah. thinking like, what a great name. I mean, come on. You're like, so you got the greatest day of the year, Valentine's. When, when you're in love, you have a great day once a year. But when you're, when you're not in love, Valentine's maybe not be, you know. For, yeah, 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 we yeah, went, yeah. I went through hellish years of that. Yeah, but, yeah, but now, but, but it all makes sense now. now. Yeah, I have my beautiful wife, Jacqueline. She's the best. Um, yep, it's unbelievable. So Yeah, we lost you for about four or five months, and, I, and, and we didn't hear from you. And, and, I, and I knew that something was going on good, and then you called and said, uh, I'm engaged and getting married to this great lady. And, and, and I knew that was the case. And when I got there and met her, she was like even greater than I could ever imagine. And, and we've all become such great friends, Gwen and I, and, and JV, as we call her, and GV. We all spent a lot of time together during the year, and we just actually just spent a little time in New York together, had some great meals, and uh, sharing old memories and making new ones, right? Uh, it was fantastic seeing you guys again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, you did lose me for four or five months. I even lost myself. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't yeah, know yeah. what was going. That's on. what happens, man. You fall you know, in love when you catch when you yeah you get the right one and yeah it's uh, game over and it was it's really the easiest relationship I've ever been in yeah, besides well, you and I. Oh, yeah. Well, you and I are different. You know, the times of shopping at, at uh, Sephora. I mean, I've got yeah. memories, and Gwen would go, yeah, you guys okay? She'd just laugh so hard. We'd come back with our Puma bags, and this is Steve Azar. I'm with Gary Valentine right now, currently on fire with Kevin Can Wait, playing Kyle Gable. Is that right? Did I say that right? You did, yeah. See that? You see that? And it's, killing uh, it right now on CBS on, on Monday nights right now in primetime. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Just, I'm having more fun uh, on this show than I did on uh, the King of Queens because it's just the guys are different. You know, we have uh, it's more of a variety of. Um, what are you doing right now that you're disappearing? Oh, I'm coming, I'm, are you I'm exercising? Here. I'm working the steps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Azar with Gary Valentine. You're in a Mississippi minute. We're coming right back while GV gets a little exercise in. Stand by.
What is it? Super Talk Mississippi, number one in the Magnolia State for news, weather, sports, and talk that matters to you. Don't you forget it. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. I'm with the great Gary Valentine. We call him GV. You can call him GV2. And as well, not just GV2, but as well. And uh, he is uh, hanging out in New York right now. We're talking about Kevin Can Wait. Uh, what made you guys decide, you and Kevin and the gang, decide that it was time to go back to TV after spending so much time between King of Queens and then all the movies with the mall cops and, and obviously uh, Here Comes the Boom and, and many more? What, what made you guys decide that it was time to go back? I was fortunate enough to uh, be in a lot of Kev's movies, and uh, the movie business was really getting tough, and it, it's still a tough, tough racket. If you're not Iron Man or, you know, right. these big superhero movies, it's really tough to, to get an audience and to keep an audience um, with, you know, even with silly comedies, believe it or not, because people are not going to the theaters anymore. They're, come, they're watching everything on Netflix and everything else, so... The game's changed a little bit, and of course, Netflix stepped up with, uh, they're doing great films now, and, and that's been the way to go. But honestly, it's, um, you know, the film situation is a lot of work. You gotta, you gotta travel to different locations, and, and, um, Kev always wanted to come back to New York. I always wanted to come back to New York, and, you know, after living in Los Angeles for 20 years. Right. And, um, you know, we, uh, we were fortunate enough that CBS, um, was into the idea of shooting the first ever sitcom on Long Island in Bethpage, New York. Not only that, this is how things come full circle. My dad worked at Grumman Airspace. This I want to talk about this. You talked to me about this the other day, so explain where you guys are actually filming the show. Yeah. Where'd you go? GB? And that was the best part of my life. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for for you guys out there in uh, Never Neverland, I just lost GV and he's back. Uh, you were talking about where you guys are recording and sort of the irony in it all. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing how things come full circle. But my dad in his twenties, uh, before he got into the insurance business, worked at Grumman, uh, which is a aeronautical airspace. I don't even know if those are words. Are those words? Those, those are there. They are now. I love it. Anyway, he worked. At Grumman, which is, I think they made airplane parts on here on Long Island, and they still do. They're still in business. And what they did is they made two of the um, uh, warehouses into the, these enormous sound stages. So we're we're shooting our TV show exactly where my dad worked. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. Probably, yeah. I mean, what's the chances? There's no chance. I mean, it was uh, yeah, exactly. So it's just come full circle, which is oh, I love kind of it. a blessing. Yeah. Oh, I know, and uh, no, I just I know that means the world uh, to you guys, and uh, and it's on fire right now, right? You're in your second season, uh, second full second season. season. We're not going anywhere but up. It's just really going great, right? Yeah, we're doing we're doing well. We're really uh, holding our own, and um, I guess we're one of the top shows on CBS, uh, sitcom wise, and you know it's it's just a lot of fun. We're we're uh, doing well in the uh, ratings, and we have about four episodes left for the season two, and then uh, I guess we'll find out if we're continuing on, which uh, 
Things are looking good now. Well, here's what I think about. So when I see you and Kevin, so we're talking to Gary Valentine, a great actor, comedian. Right now they're on fire on Kevin Can Wait. You've known him, obviously, in the beginning days of King of Queens. Uh, and all the great movies, The Mall Cops, and Here Comes the Boom, etc. And uh, my favorite role that he ever played was in Fargo. It was an amazing, amazing role that you played. But besides all that, I sort of see you and Kevin as like America's brothers, America's sons, America's family. There's something that's just so inviting about both of you. When you're on the screen, it just sort of works to me. And you can't really explain it. It's sort of the blessing that you guys got. And you just sort of seem like the guys that everybody wants to be with and hang out with and get along with. And I, th- I really think that's such an important part of y'all's success, GV, because it just it j- you're welcoming. Yeah, I think it goes back to, you know, we were a tight-knit family growing up, and we were always having fun, and our, our parents were funny people. And, you know, we always joked around, always made our our whole family laugh, you know, from our parents making us laugh to we're making them laugh. And I just feel like um, somehow we're carrying it to the small screen and the big screen, which is kind of a neat neat thing. You know, right. I don't know how it works. I can't explain it. I don't know, well, you know, if you guys see it, that's great. Yeah, I, I see um, it. I th- and I'm, I'm obviously I'm not the only one because, uh, you know, the public sees it and the public speaks. So otherwise you guys are – otherwise we're we're working on our golf game more, which we don't need to be doing because it's only going to go so far. <laughs> you know, uh, That's so, true. The stories of you guys, Kevin, and, and the relationship with Ray Romano, obviously Kevin started having some scenes on Ray, on. on on Everybody Loves Raymond, you guys used to sleep on his floor. So take us back when you you obviously started in the clubs like I did, playing clubs, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, the, just just getting dirty with it, right? And just really doing it the hard way, going down the gravel road and the potholes and all the mess, trying to find your way to some interstate. And so, Absolutely. So yeah. you, you've you done clubs. hours to make uh, 25 bucks, you know? Exa- no, exactly. No, so t- Anywhere to get on stage, that's all. That's exactly right. So, so take us back from that to the point where you guys met Ray – Kevin, was it you, Kevin, whatever. Take us back to that time and how it sort of all happened to, to lead us to the King of Queens. Well, the late 80s was, uh, the comedy scene was booming. And not only in the clubs, but every restaurant took out a table in the corner and that was the stage. And they would do a comedy night on a Tuesday night and the next restaurant did a comedy night on a Wednesday night. So we had, we had places to go every night of the week, six, seven nights a week, to do our thing, to just, get up in front of people. You know, people always ask me, hey, man, uh, how do I get into comedy? How do I start? You know, I think I'm funny around my friends. Well, being funny around your friends is a different animal because they know you. They know your background. As a stand-up, you gotta you got to tell the people who you are within the first three minutes right. and let them go on the journey with you. And like I said, way back then, there was uh, a lot of stage time, you know. Then we moved from the restaurants into clubs. And uh, and now the theaters, which is which are great, but you know Ray was working the circuit way back then, and we were in New York. We did the tri-state area mostly. Uh, we branched out a little bit to uh, the Midwest, but usually in the tri-state area, mm-hmm. uh, which you know meaning New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and we would do these clubs. Mississippi, and, um, Mississippi. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Just... And Mississippi, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we. Uh, we got to be friendly, and Kevin and him were, were really tight. I, I knew Ray a little bit, but Kevin and him really hit it off. So we uh, there's a festival called the Montreal Comedy Festival, and we went one year, and Kevin had struck a development deal 
out of there. Um, and they tried to make a pilot. Uh, they did make a pilot. He was like the second banana on the show. It didn't get picked up, but this guy saw Kev um, tape on him, the guy who created King of Queens. Everybody loves, I mean, uh, King of Queens, Michael Whitehorn is his name. Right before that, Kevin was doing spots on Ray Show, so we had a little bit of visibility there. And it's true. We In the beginning, we moved out to Los Angeles in 96, and we literally slept on Ray's floor. We didn't have an apartment. We didn't have much money and we slept on race floor for about a month while he was starting his show wow and, um kev was doing little bit parts on there i was doing my stand-up in la and around the country and then um like i said kev got his his little break and uh i ended up writing an episode which introduced my character at the end of the first season coincidentally conveniently that a boy and, um, that's what i'm talking it, about uh, it was great because I ended up writing the episode thinking, you know, this would be nice. I'll get on the show and maybe be a guest star once in a while. But the producers came to Kev and said, you know, you think if we asked Gary to be a cast member, would he say yes? We were like, yeah. Uh, yeah well, yeah, since he already wrote himself in. I see. I love it. So, I, so what you're saying is I can write myself into one of those episodes and it'll work. Is that easy? Absolutely. God. Yeah. I could be I'll in the corner you. jamming, playing a little tune. We got to get you on anyway. Just well, no, maybe, maybe you hadn't seen me act. It's, it wouldn't be good. You know, it's funny. Everybody goes, you know, back when the wait known Joe days, uh, when Morgan Morgan Freeman, where we were shooting the, you know, we were doing the video yeah. and it became a normal video. Everybody goes, oh, you need to be an actor. You need to be an actor. I said, listen, man, I'm not talking. All I'm doing is singing over the, what I sang on a record, and I can, as a songwriter, you know, you can go into that place and sort of imagine the feeling of why you wrote it, and and it was a real song it was a it was everything was sort of you know it wrote itself and it, it was important it comes to me from you so right? i'm not acting yeah. is what i'm saying right. i don't know how to act so i, I mean i do live for getting laughs out of my man i'm with gary valentine right now on fire on cbs monday nights you got to check him and his brother kevin james out he plays kyle gable he's got the mustache he's got a very long mustache he's got a little fu man chew going right yeah i got a little we call it the name the, the, oh, Namath. the Namath, back in the day. That's right. I feel like you should be on the mound right now. You know, you're getting, you know, you got yeah, a little... Yeah, we're a reliever. Yeah, reliever yeah. pitchers have this mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's well, incredible. The reason we did it, we thought it was a funny uh, character thing for a lot of the Long Island firemen. I play a fireman on the show, and a lot of the Long Island firemen have mustaches, and, and uh, a bunch of them have these Fu Manchu types, you know? Yeah. Just a little different. We're going to take a break real quick. Before I leave you, GV, and take a break, and before we come back, you know, this being the birthplace of American music, I want you to uh, lead us into the break with either Elvis Presley or Jimmy Buffett. What's your choice? Um, hmm, let me see. That's, uh, let's, let's do a little Elvis. Oh, we're going to go deep. I love it. Little Elvis Presley. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you know, Mississippi is known for this. We're known for this art form, and uh, and we like to celebrate it. This is Steve Azar. I'm with the great Gary Valentine. You are listening to In a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. And we can't build our dream on suspicious
Super Talk Mississippi on your radio, your computer, and on your smart device. I just kind of stream it online. Yeah, online. Listen online every day. Listen live at supertalk.fm and download the Super Talk app to take Mississippi's best talk with you wherever you go. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. When I was 16, I knew everything. Hey, everybody, I'm with Gary Valentine. Uh, We're going to go back into some movies uh, that I actually had something to do with as far as musically. And uh, thanks to Gary, getting them to Kevin. And um, and Kevin obviously told me that he had to love them, and he did. But uh, I had the uh, feature track, and here comes the boom first, which I'm doing it right, Delta Mix. Right. Right? Yeah. When I was 16, I knew everything. Right? Uh, and so, uh, and then I had Fly, which was a song that I wrote for Mall I didn't write it for Mall Cop 2. I wrote it for the... The World Ski Championships, 2015 Alpine World Ski Championships, and recorded it, and I performed it on there, and then you heard the song, and then you call and go, hey, Kevin uh, loves fly, and I said, what? And I said, how's that going to work? He said, well, metaphoric- metaphorically, you said, wait until you see it, it'll work. The funny thing is, when I wrote the song Fly, I remember I played it for you, and you said, oh, it sounds like two songs. Well, I wrote it because in my mind, I could see getting to the course and all of a sudden everybody in slow motion on the slopes, you know, just, you know, just getting really dreamy with it and angelic and all that. Well, they didn't do that when they filmed the video, but I'll be doggone if when you guys did the movie, Kevin comes out in slow motion to it toward the end and I was going like, well, somebody got it, you know? Right, <laughs> so, exactly. And I actually had to listen to it a few times. I mean, I listened to it, you know, I remember. 10, 15 times. And I said, my gosh, I don't know how you did this, but it, it sounds like, yeah, a couple songs in one. Yeah. And I just, it, it just grows on you and I, I totally got it after like the second or third listen. And, uh, oh, it's a great song. You know, we loved it right away. Oh, it's just a blessing. Great. Blessing. You know, what's funny yeah. thing is Gwen, when she heard it, she goes, are those two different songs? And she that's not going to work. And I said, Gwen, here's the deal. <laughs> just, you just go with me, all right? I had to convince. It's not usually good when you're writing a song and having to convince people to like it. But that was one of the ones I had to. But I was at the point where I was out of time, and it had to be, you know, I had to get it recorded. And, and so, in my mind, I had it sort of a vision of how it was all going to work. And it worked out fine and uh, ended up doing us some good. And I, I obviously always grateful to you guys for, for making it part of Mall Cop 2. It was, it was a lot of fun, and it uh, kept me alive while I moved from Nashville to Mississippi for a while, so it was good. <laughs> hey, you know what? And uh, that's why you do what you do. You had a vision, and you went with yeah. it, and then you had to let us all find it, you know? Which leads me to this real quick, because we do have to talk about number seven. It is, it is, it's sort of something yeah. that sort of I've had to live with, and I, I've seen signs of it ever since. So when, when, when Gary, we're talking with Gary Valentine, everybody, hit show right now. He is playing the mustached Kyle Gable on Kevin Can Wait. Uh, they are on fire on CBS on Mondays. Uh, definitely check it out. If you hadn't hadn't started watching it, you know, I, you know, you can TiVo it and all that stuff, and you can go back and start. But it's so well, so worth worth the watch. I'm talking to Gary, and and he he fell in love with his wife Jackie. All of a sudden, we're going to his wedding. Pretty quick, it happened pretty quick. Uh, oh, Gary, yeah. we got uh, we we Jack and I met through a mutual friend who right? happened to be uh, my makeup artist on the Camp Queens, and also on Here Comes the Boom. And she says, I have a girlfriend I'd like you to meet. I was like, oh, no, gosh. 
all right, you know, people try to set you up yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it very rarely works, you know, well, for me anyway. But we um, we talked on the phone, and right away we clicked, and we went out one, uh, maybe the second time we spoke, Jackie was on her way home from work. She uh, was a bank manager in Los Angeles, and I said, hey, you like sushi? And she said, love it. She goes, want to meet out in an hour? And, you know, girls, they used to have to get ready and stuff. I mean, almost as much as you and I. Yeah, well, and, not, um, not quite, but we're close. Yeah. Right. But uh, she goes, yeah, I'll meet you there in an hour. Boom. Met there in an hour, and that was it. And 28 days later, we got engaged and um, in Vegas. And then we, uh, three months later, we're, we're getting married. That's bringing up the speed where you're coming in now. Yeah, I thought, and I thought we were four months, but that was 28 days were a long time when I hadn't talked to you. I usually talk to you every other day, so it seemed like four exactly. months. But okay, exactly. so 28 days, so you're engaged. So which brings me to this. So the wedding's happening, and, you know, I'm waiting to be asked to be in the wedding and be a groomsman. You know, I'm thinking I got that, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah, I yeah, get it's there. All, it's all yours. No, yeah. it is mine, and I get there, and they and Gary... Valentine, who we're talking to, and was my one of my dearest friends in the world, tells me that Steve, if we would have gotten, you know, if we were, they were going to be seven, then you were it, number seven. And I said, so I'm number seven. I mean, I'm looking around the room, going like, okay, I see Kevin and I see Richie, and I, you know, I see your guys you, you were friends with, or your boy Kenny, you know, that you're back in New York with. I get that, right? But then yeah, I'm going yeah. like seven, number seven. So I'm kind of looking to see if there's another girl that we could have in the wedding, you know, so I could actually make it. But well, uh, this, is the, this is the part about the weddings that I just can't stand. I mean, I, if it was up to me, I would have had my brother standing next to me and that's it and have all of our friends happy. There, there are no numbers, right? Right. But because my beautiful wife started adding these girls to the wedding party, I had to keep coming up with people and I had to go down the line with, who I knew first because I was going to start pissing off a lot of people. Yeah, well, and, yeah, you, yeah, well, you. I didn't get, I didn't get, you know, ticked off. No. I, I ended up just, you know, I was like, I went into a cocoon and a shell. But other than that, I was all right. You know, yeah, I only we lasted made, a we year. We made fun of it, yeah. and we, you, you even helped me with the song I sang to her on on uh, on the altar there. Okay, so let's but, jump um, to the song. Well, you, well, you, right, well let's, let's let's go. Wait, hold on. We, we gotta, I want to finish this thought. So, um, you know, we run down the line, and my sister Leslie's in the wedding party, and she has a boyfriend, but, oh. you know, I hardly know, know him. So yeah. I gotta have him in there. He's number six. Number six is and the guy you hardly know. My buddy, my best friend, Steve, is uh, number seven. Steve and Azar, number seven. I like being number left seven. Out, you're left at the, you were left out of the, the altar, yeah. No, no, no it's all right. Never bride. And next thing you know, I think I'm I'm ironing Kevin's shirt or Gwen's ironing it at your house, and I'm going like number seven's working. You know what I mean? But but number but number seven loves you, and you know that. Yeah. And and I'd rather right. I'd rather have the story, and to be able to hold that on you and against you for the rest of your life than not have it. So exactly. You know, and now yeah. I see like I see signs of seven all the time, and it's so funny. And of course, I'll remind you of it. But uh, but we're we're with Gary Valentine. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi minute. We were talking about all the success that. That is brother Kevin James and Gary Valentine. You guys have had obviously uh, apart and together. I, I love I love how not only brothers, which is a great thing to see, but com- the comedian world, the comic world. Gary, explain to me how, for instance, with Ray Romano and with Kevin, and and with Kevin and you, I noticed this sort of camaraderie. This like, hey, 
It's working out for me. I'm taking you with me. Better than any other profession I've ever seen. Very loyal. Very loyal. So where does that come from? The comedy world, I'll tell you where it comes from. Because I don't think think straight actors are much like that. But what happens is, in the world of stand-up comedians, if I can't do a gig, hey, I know a guy. Give it to him. You know, for some reason... I think it's the writing aspect of it all because we help each other write jokes for each other and, you know, we, we would riff back right. and forth and bounce things off each other. And I think that's where it comes from, where, you know, you had this, like you said, this camaraderie, this, this brotherhood of funny men that work together and apart. And if I can't do it, this guy can do it. You know, or if they need someone else, we'll bring someone else on. So it's, I think that's where it comes from, as opposed to a straight actor who really doesn't have that connection with the right. other actors. Right. You know? I, no, you've, you guys have gone through it together. I guess that's pretty much the answer in anything, in any walk of life. You're going to take people with you that's gone down a tough stretch with you and, and been exactly. there. And I love that. Pay the dues. Right. Yeah. And, and you see Adam Adam Sandler, the, his group of guys. and I mean, you know what I mean? So I, I guess that's... Yeah. I've always noticed it in the com- comedy world. I, I want to also talk about something, speaking of, of something pretty funny. Gary and I were in Boston You've got to pull up, pull up this memory bank. You, you guys were filming Grown Ups. And I remember uh, getting the best haircut I ever had. You, you, you sent me to Adam Sandler's mother's guy that cut hair, right? We were staying downtown. I can remember yeah. all this because the best. It was an amazing yeah. haircut. Although my girl Becky here in Jackson, she does a heck of a job too. So, Becky, I just plugged you. But with all that said... We go. We we're planning where we're going to go to dinner, and I'm in Boston. I'm feeling good, and you know, you know, growing up in the land of the crawfish and the crawdads. Once you finally make your way out of Mississippi and Louisiana, and you you see a lobster, you're going like, "That's a big crawfish. That's a big old crawfish." And you and so you you can't wait to to dive into that every time you get near Maine or Massachusetts, you know. And you and I end up at P.F. Chang's that night. And I like P.F. Chang's a lot. And, you know, I'll go in Jackson here, and, and I like it. Yeah, well, but, let's face it. It's uh, ethnicity-wise, I don't even know if that's the word either. We should have went to Chinatown. What were we thinking, Steve? Well, I, I, I don't know. I just know that we were well into the mill, and you just stopped. You dropped your fork and go, where are we? What are we doing? And I said... <laughs> What? He goes, I mean, this is, I think the service was really bad. And I remember going like, well, we're not really getting served that much. GB just said, what are we doing here? So all of a sudden we left and we went and, and then obviously got the lay of the land. And then I had some great, I think we found some Italian place with some great lobster and pasta. And I felt like, okay, now we're in Boston. But Well, uh, you know what? It's like if I go to a Chinese place, I want to see at least one Chinese people person. Please, please. No, no, no. Some Chinese people. And then that's the same thing with Italian. I want to go to Italian, Mexican, same thing. Oh, you're married, you're married too. You're married. You're right. You want to go Italian. You want to see some, I want to hear some Italian speaking. You go to a French restaurant. You want to, you want to see people that were, have the culture. There wasn't any uh, of the same uh, race going on that, no. The restaurant that we went to. No, they were more American than you and I times six. So exactly uh, exactly right. Nothing wrong with Americans. Hey, there's uh, nothing wrong with Americans. Hey, hey. And being the centerpiece of America in New York and Mississippi, a lot of similarities, just FYI. We love it. We do love love it. it. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Gary Valentine. We're going to be right back. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute. Watch me fly. The Super Talk app. Pop it in. Pop it in. 
and turn it on. Listen to your favorite shows anytime you darn well please. The Super Talk app. It's free. Download the Super Talk app now. 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 Check, check one. Where's all my bio? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Everybody, I'm Steve Azar. We are with the actor, comedian, on fire, Gary Valentine, my brother. Really, really, really good friend. He helps co-host my Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event every year in June for our foundation down. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait every year. Oh, our, our favorite week. I know, I know, I know. I know. It's, it is great. And I remember one year you you couldn't met You were filming. Were you filming Fargo then? It couldn't have been Fargo. Uh, what? One I year you missed. Filming, uh, no, we were filming uh, Boom, I think. Oh, here comes the boom. Okay, yeah. And I was like, it was like, it was such a void. Everybody there in the Delta going like, where's Valentine? Where's GV? Because everybody calls him GV. And we're going like, well, he's he's making money right now. He's making a hit movie. And that, yeah, and everybody. Know, but it, it hurt us. It hurt us. We yeah. really love being down there. Well, the. Great, great people. Are, great food. Yeah. And our, our friends down there didn't, they didn't, the excuse didn't go over well. So just, you know. So <laughs> it's the way Mick, you know, Mick and Braz. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Cookie and all of them, you know, you know they. Yeah. So anyway, so we're with Gary, and uh, Gary and I got to know each other years ago, and and all of a sudden decided he was going to be the star of my Moolah Moo video. I had a song called Moolah Moo, and then and if you guys have never heard it, it goes, "My checks ain't bouncing, but they show is shaking. I ain't broke yet, but a show am breaking. My BLT's just awaiting on the bacon. For heaven's sake, good, good gracious, there's too much month in the money." Goes on and on, right? And so I said, Gary, I need you to create a dance to the video. So I asked you for about two, three months, and sometimes you're going like, "Well, you know." I'll get to it, Steve. I'll get to it. And we were in a golf event, and we were coming back, and we were back in Nashville at my home, and you, all of a sudden, you had a glass of red wine, and all of a sudden, you started doing it. And it's almost like it was just time to be cooked. You cooked the dance. And so for anybody out there that has never seen it, there is a dance version where Gary's teaching everybody how to do it. And then there's the music video, and it's called Moolah Moo, and you got to check it out because Gary is the star of this video. So that was so much fun. And that was, well, you know, I had to sit on the, the lyrics for a bit and then just, it, I didn't have it right away, to tell you the truth. And then all of a sudden it came to me, uh, let's do this silliness. And then we, we made the dance up. I love it. It was like it just, it was time to be cooked and eaten. Creatively, it just came to me I, I, all of a sudden. So I, I don't know what happened or how it happened. It just, it just kind of uh, all came naturally. Right towards the end, right towards the uh, we'll get line, we'll get right? super talk to uh, post the video, and I'll post it on my Facebook. We'll all do it together, so give people a chance that missed it to check it out. is is a lot of fun. That that's the most fun I've ever had making a video ever. It it will never get more fun. We had our great buddy Paula Tricky with us, and uh, and we we just had a really good time of uh, of of celebrating that song. It just took it to a new level for me, and it just the song was you know I, I'm more of a serious songwriter, so it was one of those songs where I had a lot of fun and and writing and and playing guitars on it, sort of crazy, and I just felt yeah, like we need, the, we need to do another one. Well, we will, we will. Yeah, 
We will. Yeah. No, no, I love it. I, we will. So speaking of music, you know, you, G- Gary, you love to sing. And the highlight of so many events that we do is when you do any Neil Diamond, like, uh, you know, Sweet Caroline, or I love you doing Sweet Caroline. That's been sort of the latest thing. You did I Am, I Said, for a while. You'll go into a little journey. You'll do a little Prince. Uh, so you've always loved to sing, right? I enjoy it. I don't know how good I am, but I enjoy it. And I, uh, I always, you know me, I... You know, the Sweet Carolina is a great crowd pleasing song. But you know me, I like to I like the challenge. I, that's why I go sing like faithfully songs I can't really sing that well. Or I nobody else can sing well except to... for Steve Perry. <laughs> I know, Steve Perry gets up there. But uh <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, we just did Sweet Caroline the other night. The uh the guy that um beat us out for our theme song on Kevin Can Wait, uh Michael Del Judas just did a concert. He's in the the uh, big shot cover band of Billy Joel. He's also in Billy Joel's band. They had me bring uh, bring them on stage the other night, and then they asked me to do Sweet Caroline. So we had. Oh, to do you, it again. you killed but, uh, it! People love it. It's a great song. They play them in stadiums, and you know everybody loves it. Yeah. And you know what I like about it? It's my mom's favorite song, so I don't mind doing it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, that gives you plenty of reason to do it. So we've been talking to Gary Valentine, just uh, one of one of my favorite people on the planet. Just really appreciate you taking the time. He is in New York. They're filming Kevin Can Wait nonstop, and uh, I can't wait to to spend some time in the spring and summer with you. We're going to take our bride somewhere special, and uh, just always, yes, always, an, always a pleasure talking to you. And and so and such a formal environment. I feel so strange, Gary. You know. I know. It's kind of crazy. After this, you'll call me up, and we're going to talk like normal people again. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I love it. I love hey, it. Look, well, you're, you're doing a great job with this uh, with this show. I saw. I heard Reggie's uh, Reggie Smith's um, interview, uh, Bill Engvall's interview. It's really good, and uh, you you really uh, you got a knack for this, my my friend. Uh oh. Uh oh. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to find out. They got me like in a, right now. My recording space is the smallest room in the entire building at Super Talk, and so and also they keep a lock on the door, and I don't really know why. But but I think they're going to let me out in a little bit. Everybody, I've been with the great Gary Valentine. I'm Steve Azar. You've been in a Mississippi minute. Be well. We'll see you soon. All right, baby. That's it. Love you, Steve. Love you, brother. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi minute, all sixty of them where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.